0: a competition clinching
1: shot. Hello, how about that? The L.E.T. Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European
2: Tour. Hello and welcome to another episode of the L.E.T. Golf Podcast, the exclusive podcast of the Ladies European Tour, where each week we go behind the scenes to chat to the stars of the show. I'm George Cooper and giving me a ton of FOMO once again this week is Nicola Kenton. Nicola, where are you and what's going on?
1: This week I'm in Singapore, George, <laughs> as you say, giving you all the FOMO. Uh, in another warm, lo- yeah. in another warm location on tour, I hopped across from South Africa across to Singapore and ready for another another week. The last week of this spring part of the season.
2: Yeah, so you're out in Singapore, where we'll be having our first Aramco Team Series event of the season, um, which we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, but before that, we got to talk about last week, Nicola, and the Investec South African Women's Open. We had quite the major masterclass in the end, didn't we?
1: Exactly, George. All the hot favourite was Ashley Buhai coming in, obviously the 2022 AIG Women's Open champion and last week's guest. So if you've not already listened to last week's podcast, give it a listen. Um, But yeah, she came in with all the pressure on her and she certainly delivered in front of a home crowd and with everyone wanting her to win. Um, People were saying it's the most people they've seen on the golf course in South Africa watching spectator wise and um, to see her win on the Saturday afternoon and we got away with the weather last week <laughs> it's a slightly rough start to the week with some rain and some wind but thankfully the weekend was beautiful and yeah saw some really good golf as well as you say Ashley absolutely putting on her masterclass and showing just what she's made of and the confidence that she's had since that major win last year
2: yeah definitely so it's tournament record in the end wasn't it 22 on the par winning by four shots. Um, But I mean, it looked like a really good week and we had Kiara Noya a week before her 17th birthday absolutely flying on day one.
1: Yeah, as you say, Kiara turned 17 this week. Um, So yeah, she led with a round of 10 under par after the first day, uh, which is her lowest ever tournament record. Um, And yeah, just came out of the traps, absolutely flying and did really well throughout the week to um hold on obviously she finished in third place she was saying to me afterwards she finished just outside of the top 10 both in Morocco and Saudi earlier in the season she was, she was glad to break that duck finally get into the top 10 and she's ready for this week ahead as well
2: yeah, 100%. You've got to feel like a win is on the cards for Kiara coming up. Another player who's got to feel like a win is on the card is uh, Anna pleyas Trevino. I mean, that's back-to-back second-place finishes now, and she saws up the race to Costa del Sol in the process, doesn't she?
1: Exactly. As you say, Anna is coming into really fine form. Um, runner-up finish in Joburg, and then runner-up finish last week in Cape Town. Um, she's second now on the race across del Sol. If she wins this week, she would go above Aditi. And we were saying that someone would have to have some really consistent results over these three weeks to, for, for that to happen. So, you know, you never know. <laughs> she, she might end up overtaking her. Um, but yeah, honestly, she she's been working a lot on all aspects of her game, mentally and physically, and making sure that she's in tune with everything that she's doing. And it seems to be paying off.
2: Yeah, the short game seems really impressive at the minute. That was sort of one one of my takeaways, watching it back here, just getting up and down from pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, really good to see. And, I mean, what did you make of South Africa in general? It looked like a, a pretty fun week out in Cape Town.
1: Yeah, it was a great week out in Cape Town. As you said, good weather. It was good back-to-back weeks, actually. Joburg, we had excellent weather all week, and that course is a tough challenge because of the rough. And then Cape Town is a different type of challenge, normally a little bit windier because of where it is based Obviously close to the sea, you've got the mountains, you've got different aspects of it. But it produced a different challenge to last year, where obviously it was very wet and windy. Um, But it was still very good to see. And as you say, lots of short game on offer (laughs) for a lot of the players at the top there. Uh, As you say, making pars up and down from everywhere, bunker shots, chip-ins. We had two holes in one last week. Everything was going on.
2: It was all going on, yeah. And Ashley Buhai, that's her fourth win now, isn't it, on the South Africa Women's Open? Yeah. And her fifth LET win as well. So, I mean, she's been, like she, I mean, we had her last week on the podcast and she was saying, you know, oh, I don't want the ARG Women's Open to be sort of, you know, my only win and what people know me for. And then since then, she's just been absolutely flying. Like one out in Australia, one in South Africa, been performing really well on the LPGA. So, yeah, I think uh, that second major could well be on the cards. Who knows? But yeah, really fun week. Really fun week, great stuff. And now we jump to Singapore, which probably my favourite place in the world to go. So I'm very jealous that you're out there. And as mentioned, we have our first Aramco Team Series event of the season. So Nicola, for those sort of unfamiliar with ATS and the event, um what should we be expecting and, and what's the format this week?
1: So yeah, obviously these Aramco Team Series events are slightly different. Uh, than your, your regular stroke play events. Uh, there are two competitions going side by side. So essentially, we have the team element and we have the individual element. The individual element is just 54 whole stroke play. So as it would normally be, each professional completes their round and there's a cut to the top 16 ties after day two. And it's just professionals competing on the Saturday. However, the team element also takes place over the first two days where the team contains three professionals and one archer. And it's basically best two scores count towards the team score. And those teams are decided upon, uh, the team captains are picked on the world rankings. So the top 26 captains based on the world rankings last week. And they get to pick one player in the draft, which happens pre-tournament. So that first player, the captains pick in reverse order. So the 26th ranked captain will pick first. And Lydia Ko, who is world number one, our first ranked captain, will pick last. And then a third player professional gets assigned randomly to each team. And then an amateur also gets assigned randomly to each team. So yeah, the team competition ends on Friday evening, uh, but then all eyes are on the individual
2: come Saturday. Nice. That's a cool, cool format. It's sort of like being back at school, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. in the picking. Um you mentioned Lydia Ko there. She's obviously uh, leading the field this week as as the world number one. Um but it is a strong field. Who else will be teeing up?
1: As you say, yeah, Lydia Ko, world number one, and off the back of her, Asley Wynn, obviously on the LET a few weeks ago. We've also got Danielle Kang in town, um, as well as obviously, as we've mentioned, some of the top LET players, including 2022 Race Across the Soul champion Lynn Grant, also guest of the podcast. Um, you mentioned Anna Kiara from last week. They're both in the field, as are Maggie Simamaka and Kaylee Telford, a South African, from last week who finished in the top 10. She got herself a spot this week. So it there's definitely a lot of players to contend with, but also a lot of former champions in this format um of the, those players who've won the individual title before, I think we've got five or six champions um, from over the past two years in this format. So we'll see what they can do.
2: Yeah, and I guess that brings us nicely on to our next guest, doesn't it? Who, as uh, well, you know, is all too well about winning an ATS event. Uh, so Nicola, who did we chat to this week on the pod?
1: We were delighted to chat to Manon Dubreuil of Belgium, who, as you say, won the individual title at the Aramco Team Series Bangkok this time last year um that was her maiden title on the LET she'd been so close a few times before um but Bangkok she ended up winning by three strokes in that hot and humid conditions over there and um yeah basically secured secured made maiden LET win and we spoke to her all about that and a few other things including you know Field hockey, she loves hockey, she loves the Olympics. (laughs) Life on the LPGA, she'll be starting that soon. So yeah, just a good old round chat with Manon.
2: That's great. So this is Manon Droy on the L.E.T. podcast.
1: Manon, welcome to the L.E.T. golf podcast. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It's been a few weeks since you played on the L.E.T., so we just thought we'd start off with Asli um, back in February and just talk about your feelings of obviously that final day and the 63 that you had what was it like obviously you told me at the time that you were shaking on 18 with your (laughs) ego part (laughs) Um, but what was that whole week like for you
0: yeah i mean i always had a really good time in saudi and at roller greens uh we had a couple tournaments there in the past there's some team events and i think i have a pretty good record on that course um so i always love coming back to there and I mean, having such a big tournament there that week, um, <clears throat> I really wanted to do good uh, and I did. So, yeah, I was, I was very happy with my performance all week. And also, you had those two rounds specifically on the Friday
1: um, before it got windy, obviously, <laughs> that front nine of yours and then the Sunday. Is that some of the best golf that you think you've ever played?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like throughout your career, you always have like a, some days where everything just works. Uh you look at a putt, it goes in. Um every shot you try to hit works out. Um so I think yeah, like those few rounds I had, yeah, I think it's bit one of the best ball I played, yeah. I was very steady and very confident about my shots I did and um yeah, so it all worked out.
1: And obviously it was the
0: basically biggest paycheck
1: that you've ever had. <laughs>
0: Have you had a chance to kind of
1: process that and the fact that obviously the money that was on the line at that tournament?
0: I mean I never really, I mean I know it was a big tournament and I really wanted to play good there, but I never thought about the money during the round or during the tournament. Um, But afterwards I feel like it didn't really sink in the day I finished, only when I got home the next day I kind of realized that it's a big deal and like I did, I mean, I did a pretty good job between the, I mean between such a good player as, like top in the world, um, and then it kind of like sunk in a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was certainly a great week for sure. I know we enjoyed being there as well. Um, so on today's episode, and one thing we like to do is we sort of like to have our guests take us through their their golfing journey. So if you don't mind, we're going to sort of go back to the beginning, Manon, and you're growing up in Belgium. So how did you get into golf? Um, what are sort of your earliest memories of playing golf?
0: Um. Yeah, I actually only started playing golf when I was twelve. Um uh, because I. I mean, I said in the past probably a few times already I used to play field hockey. Um, for a long time for thirteen years, um, and I think that definitely helped me with the golf when I first started. My first shot was a hundred meters straight. Um, so I thought I should try this out, and um, yeah. So it it went actually really fast in the beginning, and um, my dad and my brother they were first to start golf, and so. I went along and, yeah, I picked it up pretty fast.
2: (laughs) And they were quite good uh, field hockey players themselves, weren't they?
0: Yeah, my brother was a very good hockey player as well. Um, He was in the first team, uh, in the national team. My dad, I mean, my whole family is actually really a sporty family. Like my dad used to play volleyball and tennis on high level and skiing. We did skiing quite a few times in in winter breaks. So we're all pretty sporty people, I think. (laughs)
2: yeah no that's great so obviously being in belgium though what was sort of the golf scene like as a junior there
0: i was in a club where it was like an open golf kind of thing so everyone could just come and hit some balls there uh and when i started there were a lot of uh kids from the same age that started at the same time so that was really nice um so i never really had a problem with getting into golf or like going to practice because there was always friends of mine that they were already there and they were also practicing all the time. So um that was really nice. Uh because I, I feel like now in Belgium, the younger generation, they have more other interests at the moment, like instead of coming to the golf course, because their friends do other sports or they're interested in other things. So um for me that was not the case. So I I really got into golf really fast and I really enjoyed it. So it wasn't like Oh, I have to go to the lessons now or something. So I really looked forward to that all the time. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's great. And obviously, so you started at 12. Like, when when did it sort of, you know, when did you realize that, okay, I could really make a career out of this. Like, I could be a professional golfer. Did you want to always be a professional golfer as well, I guess?
0: I actually never thought of becoming a professional golfer, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> so I combined golf and hockey for a long time, for, until I was 18. And then I went to the States because I got a scholarship there um, for golf. So I stopped hockey, unfortunately. But um, and then in college, I kind of like I went to college tournaments and I realized maybe I should give this a try, because uh, if I wouldn't try it, I, I might regret it later. So um, yeah, that's kind of how it went. And we're still here, so
1: <laughs> it's going well. And you just mentioned the fact that obviously you moved to New Mexico to go to college what was that decision like as you said you got a scholarship but um what was the process of getting that scholarship and making the move to the states
0: yeah so some friends of mine that are a bit older they already did the step before me kind of and so they talked about it how great it was and you could still practice a lot and get a degree at the same time so I thought that was pretty cool and um so before that I still played a lot of tournaments in Europe and some of the coaches from the states they come over to Europe sometimes to scout for players Uh, and that's where I kind of met my coach um, and we got in touch and um, I did a visit I also visited two other universities Colorado and Georgia state Uh, I visited them all and then I kind of looked at pictures where I looked the happiest and then I made my decision of going to New Mexico
1: what was it about New Mexico that you loved
0: uh, I mean, it's totally different from Belgium, of course, <laughs> it's a desert. Um, but I just really had a good connection with the coach and with the, with the players that were there at the moment, um, but also the facilities, the practice facilities, uh, just the whole program was really, really nice. And um, I just had a really uh, comfortable feeling there. So I think that's important.
1: Yeah, for sure. And in terms of, obviously, you mentioned the fact that you won twice at college. What was it like being on the college team?
0: I enjoyed it really much. I mean, it's great playing in a team. Like if you have other players that are in the same position, because we had a very international team there as well. Um, So we were all kind of far away from home (laughs) uh, in the same position. Um, So we kind of like supported each other and just be able to have success in golf and in studies um it was just really nice and i would i mean i would tell everyone like younger girls from belgium as well or other countries that's a great experience you should definitely if you get the chance you should definitely do it
1: and how much do you think it prepared you for professional life as a golfer
0: um i think it definitely helped me um i think if i would have stayed in belgium the structure is not the same as in the states i mean everything is done for you everything is organized for you in the states uh you get to play with the best amateurs in the world from all different countries and from the states as well so um i think it's a great way to see where you stand with your level and it prepares you the best for if you want to become a professional to play professional golf i think
1: and obviously you then made the move back to the LET to go to q school
0: Yeah, my first Q-School, it's a long time already, eight years, I think. Yeah, very stressful. Q-School is very stressful. But I think I had half a status my first time I played Q-School. So I couldn't get into a lot of tournaments. So I kind of played a bit on Axis as well. Um, And then, yeah, so I didn't keep my card. So I had to go back to Q-School. And I didn't make it at all. I didn't even make the first... week I think so I went totally on let access um, so I wanted to finish top five there and I did that's how I got my full status on let and I kept it since then so uh, that was that was very very hard the first few years on tour Um, I didn't think I was gonna keep (laughs) going I mean to keep going but um, I feel like every beginning is tough like my first year in college was also very tough Um, so yeah, on AXIS, it was a great way to kind of prove to myself that I'm here to win and that I can do this and I want to finish top five. And so I had a great year on AXIS that year as well. So um, it was fun.
2: And I guess that was sort of a huge confidence boost for you, right? I mean, dropping down and winning free tournaments. Like, how much did you actually learn from, from that process?
0: Uh, yeah, a lot. Um, because I was, before that, I was very... Being mean, sad, and it wasn't working out, and I mean, nothing was really working. It's like, what should I do? And um, But it definitely gave me a confidence boost, and um, I learned so much for myself, and as a golfer as well. Um, and winning, of course, helps with the results and stuff. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to be on L.E.T. and um, so that was the only way I kind of created my path through L.E.T. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was gonna say you sound like very mentally strong. And we know we know in the last few years you've you've proven that as well. Like how do you guess sort of keep that motivation and keep fighting and, and block out those doubts?
0: Yeah, I mean I, I feel like I'm mentally pretty strong, but everyone has weak moments in golf. Um but I feel like every year on tour I've improved a lot um by rankings, by um winning higher on the um rankings and like everything um but i try to with coach with my coaches especially i try to um work on certain things and try to keep it interesting as well because i don't i mean i get really easily bored with like drills and stuff so i always want to have new things and new like new things to try out and, and new shots and stuff um so we try to keep it pretty interesting <laughs> um so i think that's what keeps me going and um like how i i practice at home as well um so
2: yeah definitely and i've got to ask you like, i'm dying to know about the olympics so that was sort of the combination of well 2019 and 2020 when you sort of on the rise again but like i mean how proud are you to obviously represent belgium in the olympics and, and what was that whole process like
0: yeah i mean i think for any athlete uh, the olympics is the highest you can reach um in a sport uh it was definitely a great experience with COVID, it was a bit special i have to say so i hope i'm going to be there in paris um, but i mean i wasn't doing so good actually on the on the rankings on lat that year uh i was a bit down <laughs> and so that week in tokyo my coach was there the whole week i, I never really take my coaches to tournaments because i mean it's also expensive and. You don't. I don't really have the budget for that. But um, so that week in Tokyo, um, I learned so much. He was there. He watched me every shot. Um, we got to work with each other on different stuff. And the rest of the season was actually that gave me a confidence boost for the rest of the season. So I kept my card because I was. I think I was like 88 on the rankings before Tokyo, and so um, it gave me like a. a a boost for the rest of the season as well so and for the future as well i mean for the years i played after the olympics also like i had really good success on lat and um so yeah that that week was incredible uh it would have been nice to have some family there or friends to come watch um so hopefully in 2024 in paris it's closer to home for sure (laughs) um so i'm sure it's gonna be another great experience but i wouldn't I mean, I had a tattoo. I, I got a tattoo as well from um, the Olympics, like last year. Um, so yeah, I'm very proud of it.
2: Love that the classic rings tattoo. <laughs>
0: yes.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. Did you get to go to any events? Um, like I know because usually you can go watch, can't you? Like the other sports, but I guess it was a bit different that year.
0: I know because like in Rio. Um, the other like Lurke came into Rio and she talked like yeah it's so cool you can go watch other sports uh, and I'm I mean I'm really interested in hockey of course like the national teams at the moment and they did so good as well but unfortunately I couldn't go watch which was very sad um, <clears throat> it would have been cool to watch other sports and other athletes I did go because we didn't stay at the Olympic Village so I did go at the, to the Olympic Village and went to the gym there. Um, Got to eat in the cafeteria, <laughs> walked around. Um, so it was really cool to see all those athletes um, in real. And um, but I yeah, I hope it's going to be a bit different in Paris. It's going to be all pretty closer together as well. I heard. Um, so that's going to be cool. Yeah.
1: As you said, like after the Olympics, obviously you had an upturn in form, and then through last season that continued full pelt as you finished fourth in the race to Costa del Sol. Um, what do you think changed? Was there anything specific that clicked for you?
0: From that week in Tokyo, it really changed, a lot changed, I feel like. And um, so the rest of the season, I continued really good. And then I brought that through last year as well. I think I just realized more who I am as a player and like what I want to achieve um, as a player. And so I think I got a bit more mature. On that part as well and i think that comes with better results and confidence in tournaments but i f- I feel like i'm very comfortable on let tournaments at the moment um so that's good i think because <laughs> i feel like if i go to lpg now it's going to be it's going to feel very different um so yeah that makes sense we'll go back to
1: one of your highlights of last year bangkok Talk us through getting over the line and getting in the winner's circle on the LET for the first time.
0: Yes, finally. I waited so long for that moment. I came so close so many times. Um, But from those moments when I didn't win, I feel like I also learned a lot and I took that with me for the future. Um, So, yeah, that moment in Bangkok was, I mean, the last round. I sometimes watch back... (laughs) On the youtube video to see how i like move and how i do things and then sometimes when it's not going well throughout the season i kind of look at that back and see like what i did there and then i try to do that again (laughs) but um yeah i mean that moment in bangkok was it was yeah it was so good and um i waited so long for that um so yeah i'm very happy um i went in bangkok and it definitely changed a little bit in my life as well afterwards um some doors opened which was nice um and in belgium i'm a little bit more known now because it's always about the guys thomas peters and thomas the tree and nicolas Kelser. of course they can have it too but um they should realize there's also a woman in belgium that is doing good um in europe and all, all over the world actually so That was very important and how great was it to have some of your friends who obviously you've
1: had on tour for so long be there and celebrate with you on the green
0: yeah I think that's actually the most um enjoyable moment of that part I think when people come to you to congratulate you and um, I feel like over the years I created so many friendships I'm definitely going to miss them when I go to LPGA and I'm going to be less on LAT. but um, I feel like they're still going to support me wherever I go and they're going to be there um, when I come back so and I stay in touch with them so it's all good but it's it's really nice to have a group of friends on tour um, in good and bad times because it's not always so I mean it's not always going well and if you have some friends that you can come back to and yeah it's really nice
1: and I know obviously you had a couple of tournaments back to back so you didn't get to celebrate straight away but when you did get to celebrate <laughs> what did you do
0: uh, yeah what did i do so i came back from bangkok and then i, I was i actually lived right away for jabra and then belgium um so actually in belgium i when i played the tournament in belgium i spent a little bit more time with friends and family there uh, to actually enjoy my wing from bangkok um, so that was really nice i didn't do anything very special Um, It was just nice to be at home and have a nice dinner or something um, and just talk a little bit about how it was.
1: And then in terms of playing in Belgium, obviously that was the first time that the LET had been back in the country with a tournament for a very long time. What was it like to have a tournament in your home country?
0: Yeah, It's it's very nice we have a tournament back in Belgium um, and to play in front of home crowds. It's not quite where I live, but uh, because it's like an hour and a half from where I live, so I stayed actually at a hotel in my own country, which is which strange, but it's okay. Um, but um, yeah, it was really nice to to see people come watch me um, and to play, yeah, to play in your home country. Um, and I think it's been twenty years or something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm very happy to play in my own country and um, see some people and some younger girls to come watch me and maybe have the same dreams as me. So, yeah.
1: You've already mentioned it a couple of times. Obviously, you managed to secure LPGA status at the end of last year. Um, what was your decision making in terms of obviously? finishing top 10 on the let means that you get into q series automatically was it something you had to think about or was it always part of the plan what was your process
0: i mean the last few years people have been telling me like are you gonna try to play in the states and like well i don't know i mean it's a big step like um i like playing on the let um i mean i did go to college so i kind of know a little bit about the states but I feel like it's different if you're there as a student and if you're actually there as your job. So um, I never really was very confident about it. But then when I won in Bangkok, I kind of had that exemption for the next two years. Um, And then finishing in the 10 on the LET, I feel like I had to go to Cure Series to try it and give it a shot. and i i mean i i went to q series without any expectations so i just wanted to go out there and the only thing i can do is get more status on on another tour um so i i played very relaxed i should have said <laughs> i think other people were not so relaxed that those two weeks but um and i did really good and um i'm very very happy i can i can start on lpg for a few events at least Um, and get a taste of what it is playing on the LPGA. Um, So I'm very excited to go over there and see what I can do. And um, I think I will try to keep my card on LPGA as well this year, which is one of my goals because of the exemption I have on L.E.T. I can always come back. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm excited to start a new adventure. It's going to be different. I feel like a rookie again, but... um, It will be fine I think.
1: (laughs) You just mentioned your goals, how have your goals changed now that obviously you're going to be playing a bit on both tours? How do you assess a season when you start knowing okay I can play in these events on this tour and I can play in these events on this tour?
0: Yeah it was really hard to set goals this year for myself I think because if you play on two tours it's kind of hard to set like ranking goals and and all that stuff so that one goal I want to I want to keep my card on LPGA because I feel like if I can play on LPGA for a few years, that's going to, I mean, definitely help. Um, and then the other goals I kind of have is the Solheim Cup this year, but I feel like it's not really a goal I had, but um, it would just be so cool to play in the Solheim Cup. I always love playing in team events. Um, so if it comes, it comes, um, but I feel like I'm just going to try to play good every week and. Uh, If I play good every week, then I might have a chance, I don't know, Um, so that's one of the goals. Um, And my other goal this year, it's a bit different, it's not really like a ranking or a a top finish I want to have, but um, I want to be more um, not burned out by the summer for the big tournaments, because I feel like I've always played so many turns before the summer, and I feel like I'm a bit burned out then. And so this this year, I really want to stand there at the big events um, and perform well. So that's one of my goals this year that I want to have: do um, better in the bigger events and kind of work my way up to like any big event, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Does the fact that
1: obviously because of where you finished in the rankings last year you should get into those big events obviously you don't have to worry about it um does that help your mindset with that as well knowing that they're already in your calendar basically for 2023
0: yeah it definitely helps that like by the performance from last year i can get into those events but i feel like the last two years i played those events and i wasn't on my a game and i was a bit I mean, I was happy to be there, but then on the other side, it was so frustrating because I wasn't playing good. And so um, I feel like because I can already take those boxes off for this year that I can play those events. I really want to shine at those events this year and be ready for whatever happens.
2: (laughs) I guess a lot of that is to do with sort of what you get up to off the course, right? Sort of a relaxing and hobbies. I mean, talk to you about the man on off the course. What do you like to do now to relax and sort of get ready for those events?
0: I feel like golf is, I mean, when you're a golfer, I feel like all your life evolves golf kind of thing. Um, but when I'm at home and like during Christmas and the off weeks I'm at home in the week, I kind of want to spend as much time with family and friends that I that I'm home because I don't see them that often. I'm always on the road. So those moments are very, very important for me and um we do all sorts of stuff like we go biking or walking in in the in the woods or um with my mom I go shopping a few times maybe when I'm home um so those are the things I kind of do um but I just want to enjoy my time at home um I mean I just bought a house last year so I'm kind of doing a lot of stuff in that as well <laughs> at the moment um but yeah I mean I just try to enjoy my time at home and with friends and family and um, recharge my batteries for the rest of the year or for the upcoming year so
2: yeah I love it have you got any big plans for the new house then
0: um <laughs> when we just moved in I bought a lot of stuff already I feel like yes. like furniture and I don't know it's expensive um but I mean, there are a few things we can change, but it's not that I, it has to change like right away. It's like uh, future plans. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to change things around and uh, yeah, look for new decoration and new uh, stuff in the house. <laughs> That's the
1: end of the interview, portion, Manop. Um, now you've got a quiz.
0: A quiz? Uh-oh. A quiz. <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna test you on your own career. My own career, okay. that cannot be too hard, yes. I guess.
1: <laughs> so hopefully you will remember some of these, but we'll we'll see. Um so first off, who did you beat in a playoff to win your first let us event? Um I think Lydia Hall. Correct. Yes. <laughs> see? One for one, you're all good. <laughs> Um, okay, so what hole did you make an albatross on in 2020?
0: It was the 8th in Czech Republic. Oh no, the 7th, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought there was a price be for between. The one before. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought I'd got it wrong then. I'd written the questions and then when you said 8th, I was like, sure it was the 7th.
0: No,
1: the 7th, <laughs> yep. Who was the first Belgian player to win on the L.E.T.? I'm the L.A.T. Florence is gone. Yes. Yeah, the 1988 Danish Ladies
0: <laughs> Yeah, they announced that at the Bangkok when I walked on the green, I think.
1: <clears throat> um, talking of Bangkok, how many shots did you win by?
0: Four. Three. Three! Three! <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's fine. You won. You
1: don't need to know how many you won, by. <laughs> Um As we mentioned previously, you represented Belgium at the 2020 Olympics, where your country won three gold medals. Can you name the people to win the gold medals or the events in which they were won?
0: In gymnastics, Nina de In athletics, Nafitiem. And was it three gold? Ah, the hockey. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go with hockey first, because <laughs> you said persons, and I started with persons, and that's like more a team. So I guess. I mean, you could
1: name name all thirty of
0: them, Manon. I mean, I could few. I could name a few, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the final question: So when you won the individual title at the Iranco Team Series Bangkok in 2022, who won the team
0: title? With Whitney, Krista Baker, yes. and yes ah this girl, no yes i don't I know like her that. name
1: team team hilia so yeah whitney hilia krista and chanlada Chanon, along with their amateur correct there we go see
0: that wasn't too difficult was it i feel like because i listened to the other podcasts um and they had a lot harder questions i think <laughs> george has tried to tone down the questions slightly
2: a little bit, yeah. I got told yesterday in the last one that uh, they were too difficult, so I was trying to. But you, you were good. I think. Uh, what was that? F- five out of six.
0: But I think it's because there are not so many Belgians. Mm. There are not so many Belgians on tour, you know. Well, thank you, Manon,
1: for joining us on the LT Golf Podcast, and good luck for the rest of twenty twenty three.
0: Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs>
2: Well, there we go. Manon DeRoy with a really honest and open chat there about her career so far and goals for the upcoming season. That's a really fun chat. The Manon heads to Singapore next, where she'll be defending her ATS title against a host of stars, including none other than world number one, Lydia Coe. So that's surely going to be a cracker. As always, we'll be there to bring you all the action from Laguna Golf Club. So do keep an eye on our socials and give us a follow at LET Golf to see all our exclusive content and interviews from the tournament. Until then, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the LET Golf Podcast. If you did, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple or whichever platform you're streaming from. And we'll see you next week where we'll have a slightly different guest stopping by to join the pod. You don't want to miss it. Thanks for joining, guys, and we'll see you next
0: week. Well, it's a competition clinching shot. Hello. How about
1: that? The L.E.T. Golf Podcast, the official podcast of the Ladies European Tour.